to episode number 30 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. Currently, we are in a series entitled, Finances Need Prayer and Faith. Today's particular session will deal with how to set up a financial plan. There's a lot of people that don't like to take the time to plan for the future. They believe that they'll just find something big someday and their ship will come in, is what the old saying is, and overnight they'll become very wealthy and very successful financially. Well, that doesn't work. The Word of God tells us there are proper ways to plan and improper ways to plan. kind of reminds me of a story that I used to tell my church when I was talking about issues dealing with the future or planning or what the Word of God has to say was setting a plan. And sometimes when I was talking about financial issues, I'd tell a person, you need to set up a financial plan. And here's a story that I use. It's kind of a funny little story. Let's call this guy Joe. Now, Joe went to the top of Mount Sinai to get close enough to talk to God. Looking up, he asked the Lord, Lord, what does a million years mean to you? The Lord replies, a minute. Joe asks again, And what does a million dollars mean to you? See, he's trying to figure out how he can get rich quick. The Lord replies, a penny. So then Joe asks, can I have a penny? Then the Lord replies, well, in a minute, what this story is telling us is that there's no easy way to get ahead, to jump ahead, and have an overwhelming, successful financial plan overnight. God says it takes a minute. Well, that's a million years in God's plan. Well, it's not going to take a million years for us to have a successful financial plan with the Lord. However, there are steps that we need to take. And let's take some time today and go through the Word of God and find out exactly how God feels about planning our way. Some people say say to me, it's really not even spiritual to plan because we should just rely on the Holy Spirit and just see what He tells us. Well, That is not what God says about the Word of God. Obviously, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit, wait for Him to speak to us, and listen to the voice of the the Lord. Well, one of the ways that we can listen to the voice of the Lord is by reading His Word. As we continue in this series dealing with a financial plan needs prayer and faith, today's lesson speaks very specifically about praying, specifically about faith, and how our God feels about planning. Once again, we look in the book of Proverbs for wisdom and for advice. My previous episode talked about how to seek God's wisdom, how to receive wisdom from the Lord, and I used a number of scriptures in the book of Proverbs. So we're going to use Proverbs again. In chapter 6, verses 6 through 10, a little longer read than I normally would like to have, but these verses are also, they are so significant in understanding what God's instructions are for us to plan. A lot of people just sit around and say, well, I guess my day will come someday, or I guess I'll get around to that someday. Somehow, some way, it's all going to happen. But that's not what God's Word says. So let me read Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through probably verse 11 in the New Living Translation. It says here, take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. That's why I like the New Living Translation. It gets right to the point. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. This for these verses tell me a lot. They give a lot of instructions about how to be successful in every area of life. 
especially in the area of our finances. When it comes to trying to figure out how we're going to receive a financial blessing or be prosperous in something or make good financial decisions or have wisdom to make good decisions or whatever it might be, it's going to take work. We, we learn from the ant, the scripture says, the little ant that runs around works constantly, no, no rest. They just go on and on and on. Now, obviously, we have to have rest. Our bodies need to rest and we should work basically only five or six days a week, I think. And I think that that's sufficient to meet the goals that we have set for our finances. But, but this goes on to say a little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then it says poverty will overtake you. So if we don't have a financial plan, if we don't sit down and plan for the future and look at what we have, first of all, we have to sit down and pray and ask God, would you help us? Then we have to have the faith to believe that God will help us. Then after we get past those two steps, then the next step is to sit down and put together a financial plan, which my way of describing that is a budget. A lot of folks don't like the word budget. Some of you may have been turned off just by me saying that word. But a budget or a, a financial expense plan, if you will, is something that is vital to understanding exactly how we're going to be successful financially. Now, when I speak to the church every year and I tell them that we're putting our budget together and we're planning for the next year, they're all excited. And I ask them many times, how many of you really are happy or want us to do a budget and plan things for the next year. And everyone agrees, yes, we need to set up a financial plan for that. However, when I ask the question to the entire congregation and I tell them, please don't raise your hands, this is a rhetorical question, how many people here have a budget? How many have a financial plan so you know where you are and how you're going to move on to the next step? And I don't have any hands raised because I don't want them to raise their hands, but what I know from personal experience that from years and years and thousands and thousands of sessions I've had with people on their finances in my banking days and then during my time as a Sunday school teacher and the time in doing seminars and financial plans for people to get their finances tied into the Word of God, I've discovered that less than 5% of the people that I talk to actually have a financial plan. So, Let's be sure. Remember, step one is to pray. Step two is to have the faith to believe that what you pray for will come true. And step three is to take action and set up a plan. Let's move on and see what else God's Word has to say about planning our ways. Here's another really excellent scripture on planning. It's found in Proverbs chapter 13. This time we're in verse 16. And the New Living Translation has translated it this way. Wise people think which I mean, which tells me, plan, before they act. Fools don't, and even brag about their foolishness. You know, that's, you wouldn't think that people would actually brag about their foolishness, but I've seen that all, many, many times. There have been times that I've counseled people and helped them, and they've, they've laughed about the fact that they're broke, or they've laughed about the fact that you know, someday they're going to get better, or sometimes they use the excuse that, well, if God wants me to be rich, then he'll just let me win the lottery or he's going to bring a bunch of money into my life. Well, that's just not how it goes. It says, wise people think before they act. Fools don't and even brag about their foolishness. We, we've got to remember that, that it's a foolish thing not to set up a plan, a financial plan of some kind or another. Now, I've talked about the budget and I'll get off of that. But another plan is to get in the word of God and find out the instructions that he has for proper success. 
I believe the reason I'm enjoying this this session today is because I enjoy planning. I really look forward to sitting down and getting a plan. I just take out a sheet of paper. I, I'll use this from time to time about various ways that I do things. Not that I have the answer, but it works for me, so I'll share it with you. I take out a piece of blank paper and I put on there, what plans do I have in the next week? What plans do I have in the next month? Are there things that I want to accomplish? What would I like to see happen in my life, to see happen in my wife's life, my children, and our grandchildren? And it's really enjoyable. When you start writing those things down, you start seeing that God has given me thoughts and given me ideas, and the Holy Spirit has revealed to me the areas that I need to sit and make plans. Earlier in this lesson, I made a statement that some people don't believe it's very spiritual to, to plan because they feel we're cutting the Holy Spirit out. The reason I don't believe that is because I believe the Lord wants us to use the mind that he's given us. He's given us a brilliant mind. He's given us wisdom and creativity. He's given us thoughts and dreams and things that he puts in our heart. So he tells us also in his word, and I found it in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 17. It says this, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Now, that, that's where it all wraps up right there. We can make our plans. It's okay to plan. It's okay to sit down and figure out what you'd like to do when you plan retirement, what you'd like to do when you improve your home, how your plans are going to be for your children's education or for your next step in your job that you need to try and accomplish or whatever it might be that, that you need to plan for and work on and develop and have that working intensity that the little ant has. But, but remember, never forget, it's the Lord that determines our steps. There's the difference. You see, it's godly to plan, but it's ungodly to just take our own steps and do our own thing. When I was in business many, many years, I, I built homes and did a lot of things, and I count my business time also my career in banking. So over those two periods, it's over 30 years of, ex of experiences in planning and, and making steps and all that. We had an old saying, and that is, before you make a decision on investing or, or doing something, you need to do your due diligence. Due diligence is planning. It means that you sit down and make a list of the good things, the bad things, the things you need to deal with, the issues that, will, that you need to plan for in the event this happens or that happens. And it's just simply a stage of checking out ownership of a property or how to get financing of a property or what kind of subcontractors are out there to build the property. Whatever the situation might be, it may just be in purchasing a stock or something. You need to do your due diligence. You need to know exactly what you're getting into and understand the consequences, the good, the bad, and the ugly, those things that you'll be involved with when you make this, these decisions. So we use due diligence every time we ever did anything when we were building homes. When I was a banker and, and used to meet with an awful lot of different individuals that had different attitudes about finance, different attitudes about plans, most of them were not Christian. The one, those who were Christians, we'd pray together about a decision and it always seemed to go smoother and better and was a lot more efficient in, in our planning. But they would kind of come in and say, well, this is a no-brainer, so we're just going to go ahead and do it. Well, usually when someone talks about something being a no-brainer, they're, what they're meaning is this is really easy and it's going to be a slam dunk and there's not going to be any problem. Well, a no-brainer in my opinion means that. You're not using your brains. 
Now, don't think that I've done everything right all the time. I've always made the right decisions. I've always asked the Lord for direction. I've had my times when I've done some things on my own. I've knocked down doors to get things done when I should have avoided the door and never even entered into it. But I can remember one time when my wife and I were building homes and we had a a lot that I wanted to purchase in a place in Arizona called Ganey Ranch. It's a very high-end housing area and we were going to build an investment property there because that's what I did. The name of our company was Dave Friend Homes and we built luxury homes for people on speculation, which means we put it together, we built it, we would list it with a realtor and my wife was the realtor at the time and she would sell the properties and we would move on to the next one. And we would do several of these at the same time. It was a great business, God blessed it and we were very fortunate and blessed to be able to have such an opportunity in in the state of Arizona. So then this particular property came up and I looked at it and I said, honey, and I'm sure I use this phrase, you know, this this is a slam dunk. This is this is really simple. That this is. I hope I didn't use the term. This is a no-brainer. I don't think I ever used that. But anyways, we looked at it as being something that didn't require a lot of planning, didn't require a lot of due diligence, didn't have to do a lot of checking around to see where things were at. So we just bought the lot. We put a house up, and we sat down and ignored our planning list. Now I would have a planning list for any project that I wanted to do. When I would sit down to evaluate, my wife and I would pray about it. We would ask for wisdom and direction from the Lord. We would plan our way as the word says and then help ask the Lord to determine our steps, to direct our steps. And so we would have some investigation that we had done on prior homes and we had a list of things we must do on every property. And there were 10 of them. There were 10 things that were so important. Things like finding the right location, don't have a west backyard because the sun in Arizona is extremely hot during the summer times and west back facing backyards are not good. And things like don't get near a guard gate, it's too noisy. And don't build a two-story in a community that's predominantly single-story homes. And I won't bore you with it, but there was a lot of things that we did and we would go through our due diligence list. Well, in this particular property, we had 10 items that were the things that we always, we always felt they just had to be right. They had to be correct. But we ignored about half of them. About half of them we said, well, that's no big deal. The market's good. Everything's going to be just fine. So let's not worry about it. Let's, uh, let's just move forward. After all, this is going to be pretty easy, pretty simple. And we built the home. Well, we didn't consider into there that there was going to be a major change in Congress and they would pass something called the Tax Reform Act, which they are always talking about tax reform acts. But what it usually means is you just pay more taxes. But bottom line, Congress passed some regulations that really hurt the real estate business. So the market dropped significantly, probably 30-40% decline in property values in North Scottsdale. So this home that we thought would be an automatic, no big deal, when people went to look for it, they would stop and say things like, why did you do this? Or how come you did that? Or if you would not have done that, we'd be interested. And basically, it was all the things that we violated in our planning. Then the steps that we asked the Lord to help us with that we did kind of ignored and did on our own. And that property took five years to get rid of. We built it. We couldn't sell it. We finally had to move in it to it ourselves, lived there a year, moved out then had someone else come in and rent it for three years and the market still was terrible. Then we moved back into it again and after five years, finally, we found a buyer for it and we got rid of it. It was probably the worst project that we ever did and it was one where we violated our planning and we violated not listening to God and helping, asking Him to help guide our steps in the directions that we should take. Well, I was raised and my mom would always say confession's good for the soul. So there there I just confessed to my experiences 
Now, obviously, they all didn't happen that way in all the years that we built homes and whatever, but I can tell you that when we planned our ways, we asked God to direct our steps, things always seem to turn out a whole lot better. When it comes to planning our ways, there's something that is taught in the Bible that's very powerful, and it has to do with counting the costs in the decisions that we make counting the, the costs that are involved in planning our ways. For example, if you're going to pack up your family and move somewhere, we need to count the costs of relocating our family, not just the financial costs, but our kids going out of school or moving away from their friends or the impact of lo losing a, a good church and having a difficult time finding another church. So we, when we make plans, when we pray about it, and we have the faith to believe and step out in faith, we need to take that first step in counting the cost. Well, Jesus talks about that. Yeah, he does in chapter 14 of the book of Luke. He's basically talking to his disciples and he's telling them that, that if they want to follow him, they need to count the cost. He said, uh, if you want to be my disciple, he says, you know, basically, you know, there's people are not going to like you. You're going to have to leave your mother and your father and you're going to have to follow me and be focused on me. But, but please don't make that decision to follow me until you begin to count the cost. So I'm going to take that lesson. I'm going to read it to you in a little bit and and apply it to decisions that we need to make in our finances. We need to learn how to count the cost. We need to understand that we can't start something and then not be able to finish it for some reason or another. So Jesus speaks about that in, and I'm going to use this story, even though he's talking to the disciples about the cost of following him, it does apply to the decisions that we need to make in our life when we set our plans and head off one step after another. It's found in Luke chapter 14, verse 28. Here's the words of Jesus. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is money enough to finish it? You know, let me stop right there. When I was a bank, I financed a lot of interesting projects. And there were many, many times that people would come in and see me and they were in the middle of a project. They didn't have enough money to finish it. They started it. And so when the Bible says who would who would not count, count the cost or calculate the cost to see if you can finish something, well, there's a lot of people who do that. The instructions were obviously, that's wisdom that we need to have those those decisions and, and calculate the cost to finish. But these people would come in, they might even, some of me would even have a project that was a construction project. They were building a home. They bought the land, they put the foundation in, they started putting up the, the walls, they put the roof on, and then they ran out of money. And they didn't have enough money to complete it. So they obviously didn't have a right plan. They didn't have the financial resources to complete it. So they put themselves in a very difficult situation. I think we assume many times if we start something, God will just finish it for us. But many times there's a lesson that if we start something that we've not prayed about and we've not considered the steps that we need to take, that are whether they're ordered of God or not, then we put ourselves into a difficult time. When we do that, we pray a prayer that I, like, that I like to call the bail me out prayer. That's when you get yourself in trouble for a bad decision that you make and you say, oh God, will you bail me out in the middle of this? Now, sometimes the Lord will and other times he's going to want you to work it out on your own. So we don't want to be in a position to where we start something and we can't finish it. And the people that I would have to loan money to to bail them out of a project, and sometimes I wasn't able to loan them money because the project was over cost, overpriced, and it wasn't going to be a successful project. So Jesus warns us and here it applies each and every day in many people's lives. Verse 29, otherwise you you might completely complete only the foundation before running out of money and then everyone would laugh at you then it goes on verse 30 and says they would say there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it 
Now, what a, what a great lesson. What, a, what an amazing lesson and how it applies to today. Isn't that incredible about the Word of God? You can get a real estate project going on right now and, and decide what you should do and how you should complete it or not and, and just go ahead and do it. Or else you can go ahead and go to the Word of God and start looking up the reasons to, to do things and, and what not to do and what to do and get advice from Jesus who spoke these words 2,000 years ago and they apply today in the year 2021. So never, never underestimate the power of God's word and how relevant it will be in our life. So planning our way requires to have a complete plan from A to Z that all the steps are taken and a lot of folks today don't do that. And, and as a Christian, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to understand that God wants us to plan. God wants to direct our steps. When we direct, when he directs our steps, we know they're going to be good steps. We know that if they're led of God, if they're directed by God, then they're going to be successful. Now you might be asking, well, how do I know when I'm taking the step that God wants me to take? Well, I'm a big believer in the word peace. And I believe as a Christian, because we have the Holy Spirit living and dwelling inside of us, that God speak to, speaks to us that we're on the right path when we have peace. Now, I don't mean laziness, and I don't mean uh, the sluggard, as the Bible passage said about those that don't do the work, but are, are a person who's lazy. But when it comes to taking the steps that the Lord has directed, you'll have peace. Matter of fact, you'll have peace, the Bible talks about, that passes all understanding. And that peace will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. I know when we built our building in North Scottsdale, we bought a piece of land. I did everything very carefully. I was, we were planning, we were budgeting, we were doing everything we should do. We got that piece of land. But for seven years, that land sat there while we were having meetings in a, in a big warehouse in Scottsdale Air Park and the church was just growing and doing very, very well. But I wasn't at peace about starting our new building. The money was there. The congregation was big. We'd already outgrown our building. And so the logical thing to do would be, well, just build that building and move forward. You can afford it. You got a plenty big enough congregation to be able to support it. So go ahead and do it. But as I prayed, I didn't have peace. And I would tell my wife, you know, for some reason, honey, I just don't feel that it's the right time for us to build that building. Now, now think of this. The land was paid for. 33 acres of land in North Scottsdale, very valuable land, totally paid for. And that's a story I won't get into in this session, but maybe in a future session I will, how God took us from not owning any land or anything and through several real estate trades and transactions and donations from people in the church, we were able to wind up and pay cash for a 33-acre parcel of land. But even though we owned the land and even though we had paid to have the plans designed as to what we wanted to do, and even though our budget, our income was increasing and our budget was being met, we were literally saving hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in our budget for the upcoming building program, but I wasn't at peace. And it wasn't until a Sunday morning that I had prepared a message. I wish I could remember the message that I had prepared, but I was in the middle of, in my office, getting ready to go out and bring the message to our three services we were having on Sunday morning. It was a busy morning, but I, I loved every bit of it. And just before I closed my Bible to get up and to walk out to, to bring the Sunday morning message to the congregation, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, it's now. Now's the time. And all of a sudden, the peace of God that passes all understanding overwhelmed me. It guarded my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It made me realize that God was in this thing, that He it, it was the right time, it was the right moment to do it. So I hadn't even talked to the board yet. I just simply walked out there to preach and stood before the congregation and said, 
I believe the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me this morning, and it's time now for us to move forward and start construction on our new building on the land that God has provided for us. And then I thought, how did people receive that? And it was almost instantly that the congregation started to applaud. They stood up and they were excited and they were thanking God and praising God for this opportunity. So when we plan our ways, it pleases God. When we are led by his steps and his guidance, it pleases God. Therefore, why don't we all set down a plan, a plan led by God? Why don't we all listen to his guidance through his word, through the Holy Spirit, through what other people speak into our life? And never forget the words that the Lord gave us through Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. We can plan our ways, but the Lord determines our steps. I have thoroughly enjoyed today's lesson on planning God's way. The reason I believe it's so vital to us is that the Lord wants us to make good decisions, decisions based upon seeking his face, having a life of prayer, and then stepping forth and forward into those prayers to believe through faith that God will complete what he has started in us. That reminds me of a wonderful passage of scripture that Paul wrote in the book of Philippians. It's found in chapter 1, verse 6, where he writes these things. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. God is doing a work in all of us right now. Some of us may feel that we're not achieving things as quick as we should or not gaining finances as quickly as we'd like to have them or maybe that we're not as faithful to God as we should be. But don't let that bother you. Don't let that drag you down. Don't let that rob you of God's blessing. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan to bless you. I believe so strong in the words that say, may you prosper in all things and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Those words were given to us to encourage us, to help us when we plan our ways, to help us when we want to be led by the word of God, by the steps that he lays out for us. So God's not finished yet. He's got a long way to go before he's finished with me. I'm certainly a work in progress and I believe all of us Christians carry that same label. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast on Our Finances Need Prayer and Faith. This particular series had to do with planning, and I know that God will richly bless you as you seek his word to plan your way, and he'll direct our steps. My webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com has additional information about how to get out of debt, how to live in faith. So if you are interested, I'd love you to, to visit my website. In addition to that, there's a place on there to subscribe to my weekly newsletter. You can subscribe to my podcasts on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. And once again, I'm going to give you these words that are favorites of mine. May you prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. My next episode is entitled, How to Follow Ethics in Our Finances. We're going to learn about moral principles in our financial plan. I believe you're going to love this new lesson. 
So be sure and call someone and let them know what's coming up next. Until our next episode, may God richly bless you.